Praise God. Praise God. Glad to be in the house of God. Uh, you can open your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, verse 47 to 52. Mark chapter 6, verse 47 to 52 is our main text. You always thank God. You know, you get a chance to hear the word of God, to minister the word of God. It's always a privilege to do that. And I don't take it lightly. Uh, <clears throat> We're going to get into the message. Thank you all for your prayers. Uh, Pastor mentioned this morning, I uh, believe that my wife was, I'm getting a lot of feedback here, if you could help me out with that. Uh, my wife was in the hospital. We had to rush at the ER. Some, some things were going on, but praise God, she's doing much better now. Uh, it's just interesting that I'm working on a someone that's connected to that. I finished the someone yesterday, and then God, you're going to, you're going to test out what I spoke to you today, so... I got to exercise it a little bit, but praise God, she's doing much better. So thank you for your prayers. Right, go ahead, put the images, the pictures I gave you, if you have them. All right. Uh, just go piece by piece. I'll tell you when to go to the next one. Uh, so as you see this picture here, uh, it's for an organization called Hope for African Children Initiative. And uh, what you see there, some of you have already noticed there's two things going on. Or maybe some of you have only seen one. Uh, as you can see, in the negative, the white part of the picture, how many of you see the African continent? Amen. How many of you see the child looking at the mama? So they got two things working together here. Uh, got the next one. That's a company I used to work for. Uh, there's a hidden message in this sign. Uh, who can guess it? Just throw it out there. The arrow, the arrow. There's an arrow between the E and the X. If you've never seen it, you'll now see it forever. Okay? You see it between the E and the X, there's that arrow pointing that way. Okay? So now you're cursed with that, you know. So, okay, it's a hidden message inside a message. And many of you couldn't see it until you saw it. Next. There's the Tostitos. Uh, there's a hidden message between the Tostitos. If you look at the two little T's, it's actually two people holding a chip, dipping it on uh, salsa. The red is a salsa bowl. Let me see it. Yeah, you see it now? He's like, oh, man, you're crossing me, man. I, I forever see that now. So the you know, two people dipping the, tea, the Tostitos chip into the salsa bowl. So there's a hidden message inside a message. Uh, next. Amazon. Okay, my wife likes that company. I don't. <laughs> Take a lot of money from me. But praise God. So Amazon. Uh, there's a hidden message in Amazon also if you didn't know. So, of course, you see the smiley face, right? Uh, but how many of you noticed that the smiley face goes from A to Z? Meaning Amazon, you can find anything from A to Z. So it makes you smile. It makes my wife smile. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. Hidden message inside a message next. That's a Baskin Robbins sign. Uh, quite obvious you see it. Uh, you see the 31 in pink, right? Do you know what the 31 is for? The flavors. They have 31 flavors. So they threw it in their little logo there. Hidden message inside a message. And I think that was it, right? Yeah, okay. Praise God. You can take it down. So what you have here is there's hidden messages or hidden signs 
that have always been there, but you couldn't see them. You've seen the company, you've seen the name, you've seen, oh, there's FedEx, there's Baskin Robbins, there's Amazon, but you never could see. They were invisible to your eyes until they were brought to light. And now all of a sudden you're asking yourself, when did they do that? Well, it's always been there. You just couldn't see it. And the word that we can use this evening concerning that is, these hidden signs were illuminated. They were brought to light. There are times in life when God will have to illuminate himself in your life so that you can see him. Expecting amen on that. Praise God. You haven't gone through stuff to have him illuminate himself. There are times in your life where you're going to go through stuff and God has to show himself. He has to light himself. He has to illuminate himself so that you can see him in your life, in your storm. And so with that in mind, I want to preach to you a message that I've called illuminate. To light up in order to make clear of things. Our message this evening is a familiar one. Mark chapter 6, verse 47 through 52, the Bible says, it's the New Living Translation, it's a simpler, that's why I got the revelation. It says, late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed, for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to hear your word, God. Speak to each one of us, God, concerning how you illuminate yourself in the midst of our circumstances. In the midst of our storms, how you show yourself so that we can see that we are not alone in these situations but that you are with us. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Illuminate. The first thing we're going to look at is in between. So in this familiar text, we have the disciples holding on for dear life. They're caught up in a storm that they didn't conjure up. They didn't create the storm. It just came to them. And how many of you know storms, like Antonio preached on Sunday night, storms just show up. Praise God. Storms just show up. You wake up in the morning at 6.30 in the morning and your wife says, we need to go to the ER. Storms just show up. Can you stay with me? You can't plan for them. You don't set it on your calendar. And Antonio made a, he did a magnificent job of telling us that, showing us the videos. And so here it is, the disciples, they've been told by Jesus to go from point A to point B, 
And so they obey Jesus and they get on the boat and they're heading to, the, uh, to point B, uh, to the other side of the lake. Uh, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the lake, uh, they run into a, a hurricane. I believe Bill preached a message years ago called Eurachlodon. I mean, that's Eurachlodon. And they run into Eurachlodon. Sounds like a dragon. You know, they run into this, 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 this major hurricane, uh, and it's about to literally kill them. Our translation uses the words, they were struggling in this storm. New King James uses the words, they were straining at rowing. They were struggling or straining at moving towards their direction. They were having trouble getting where they wanted to get to. Have you ever been there? Where you're trying to get from point A to point B, yeah? but you're having trouble getting there. You're having trouble uh, moving where God wants you to move, going where God wants you to go, going from point A to point B to the other side of the lake because you've run into uh, a storm. The place where you're straining to get to a specific destination in life. It might be financial breakthrough. And you're straining in this. You might be getting married. You're like, I just want to do things right. I don't want to do it like the world. I want to do it right. But you're straining to get there. Maybe it's to better your life. But you're struggling to get there. The word strain that the New King James uses is defined as stretched beyond limit. So we can read this text this way. The disciples were stretched beyond limit to get where Jesus wanted them at. And I know there's some of us here who are stretched beyond limit as you're trying to get where Jesus wants you to get. But I want to tell you God's going to help you because he doesn't call you where he won't equip you. He, he won't tell you to go to the other side of the lake uh, and expect you to die in the middle of the lake. Because he told the disciples, uh, I will meet you the other side. Go to the other side. I will meet you the other side. He didn't say go to the middle and then I'll meet you there. God is going to help you get where he wants you to get to. You know what got my attention in this scripture is how the disciples saw Jesus in the storm, but they didn't see Jesus clearly. This is what I mean. Jesus was in their midst, yet they saw a ghost. They saw a spirit, New King James and King James says. When Jesus showed up towards them, the Bible says they saw him, and then it follows it up by saying they were in terror, for they thought he was a ghost. So the question that comes is, why did they see a ghost? Why did they see something other than Jesus? The answer is found in our scripture, because our scripture says... They were in trouble. They were rowing hard. Why? Because the winds and the waves were against them. 
They were struggling. These are words that are used to, to, to give us a, an illustration of what was going on uh, on the disciples in that storm. They were sinking. Why? Because water was spilling into their vessel. And I can see them there. The winds are buttering them. The waves are throwing them back and forth. And they're struggling. You know, they, they, you know, it's 12 of them. So some of them are trying to pour the water out. While the other ones are just holding on. Some are just screaming. And so here it is, everything. There's all types of chaos going on. They're getting buttered left and right. Things are coming from every angle. And then Jesus shows up. But they don't recognize him as Jesus. They see a ghost. How many of you know many times uh, we can be getting battered from every angle? Uh, you're getting hit financially. Uh, your son or your daughter is backsliding over there. Uh, you, got, you know, your car broke down. Uh, and then back here, this is going, and then that, and then this, uh, and then that. And then when Jesus shows up, it's a ghost. It ain't Jesus, it's a spirit. It ain't the real thing. This is where the disciples were at. King James uses the word, they were toiling. It's an old English word. They were toiling. That word toiling in Greek is defined as painfully vexed. So if you were to plug in and read it in the Greek, word for word, this is the way the scripture would sound. The disciples were painfully vexed for the wind and the waves were against them. Have you ever been there? Where you're painfully, you're in pain, and you're vexed. Why? Because you're getting hammered from every angle. And you're a believer. When things that are out of your control are painfully vexing you. Like the wind and the waves. The disciples didn't have any control over the wind and the waves. It just happened. These things are frustrating you beyond limits. Stretching you beyond limits. Straining this is where the disciples are at. Think about this for a second. They were so vexed by their circumstances that they didn't see Jesus in the midst of their circumstances. So here's the question. Can you see Jesus in the midst of your frustrating circumstances? Can you see the other who's standing in the fire with you, like that song says? Are you just holding on, man? I don't want to burn. I don't want to burn in this fire. And like I say, this is where, you know, I wrote this message Saturday night, finished it Saturday night, and then I'm sitting in the ER, and these questions, these same questions the Holy Spirit asked me, and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. He's asking me, can you see me now? You know, when you're sitting there and 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 then and, and, and I don't like throwing my business out there, but it just linked with this. So, uh, you know, when you're sitting there, you're the husband. You know, she was so much pain. I'm pushing her on the wheelchair. You know, walking in there, and the nurse is like, from zero to ten, what's your pain scale? What's your pain? What's your pain level? 
you know, and their smiley face is turning into a cry. You, you've seen those things in the hospital. She's like, nine. Can you see Jesus there? Pastor Pinnick mentioned he preached about the, the giants on Sunday morning. When you're facing the giant, uh, can you see Jesus? This is what makes David so, that scripture about David and Goliath so you know, amazing. Is, is he saw God while looking at Goliath. Listen to his conversation. I'm going to cut off your head. I'm going to feed you the birds. The Lord help me. I mean, he's, he's, he saw God while looking at a giant. Can you see Jesus in the midst of your vexing situation? You know, the truth is, we, like the disciples, have trouble seeing Jesus clearly when our circumstances are painfully vexing. We are more like, me included, we are more like the disciples than like David or some, someone else who, you know, who stood up uh, before the giant or the storm and, and called out, no, God is going to help me. We are more on the other side. We're the guy crying on the board, you know. We're, we, I, I, I say I, I'm the guy who, who's like, I should not have left that land back there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I should have just... I should have just like, you know, I'm going to go get some fish, Jesus, I'll catch up later. You ever been there? You know, hindsight 2020, you know, you're like, you're in it now, and you're like, man, I should have never. It's, it's too late, you're in it, you're caught up, you can't go back, you can't go forward, you're just, you're just getting thrown left and right. Fighting with the bucket to get the water out, and you're just like, I, I, sort of like the disciples of, when they were with Jesus, they got caught up in another storm. And the Bible says uh, Jesus is asleep in the storm. And, 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 and they, they, they just, they just like, they're getting thrown left and right again. And they go and wake him up. And they say, we're going to die. Jesus, God in the flesh, the storm you created is going to kill you. And we're going to go down with you. How did we line ourselves up with you? Have you been there? We have trouble seeing Jesus clearly when our circumstances are vexing. We are unable to see him clearly because we are so frustrated by the mess that's between him and us. The disciples saw a ghost, a spirit, because they were here. The storm was still going, because many times we tend to think when Jesus showed up and they saw him, all of a sudden, no, he was still going. They were still getting thrown left and right. And so Jesus is there. They're here. They're still rocking back and forth. And when they look to Jesus, they're just saying, Figment, you know, a shadow, as you know, because it's rain, is this water wave, things are still going on. That space in between, you and Jesus, is what hinders us from seeing Jesus. Someone preached a conference, uh, I think about two, three years ago. 
He said the Goliath, the word Goliath, he said is, is connected to the word space in between. Space in between where God called you to where he wants you at. Right there sits Goliath. Right there sits the storm. Right there sits circumstances that you didn't know were coming, but he knew. So as I was studying this out, I found many individuals in scripture who had trouble seeing Jesus clearly, even though he was in the midst of their circumstance. He wasn't, you know, the disciples were not the only ones. There were many individuals in scripture who had trouble seeing God, seeing Jesus in the midst of their circumstances. Number one, Hagar. Hagar is Abraham's maid servant. She finds herself and her son in the wilderness. Why? Because she ran into trouble with her Sarah. And so with all her water gone, she's out in the wilderness. She got some water from Abraham. She had a son. And so they go out in the wilderness, but the water runs out because she doesn't know where she's going. She wandered in the wilderness. She runs out of water. Her resource is gone. And she puts the boy to the side and she goes and sits on the side because she doesn't want to see her son die. And she can't do anything to help the boy or herself. Circumstances out of your control. Genesis chapter 21 verse 15 through 19 says this. This is a story. Genesis 21, 15 through 19. When the water was gone, she put the boy in the shade of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about 100 yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said. As she burst into tears. But God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what's wrong? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled her water container and gave the boy a drink. You know, what's, what's always intrigued me about that story is the well. Scripture says these words, God opened her eyes and she saw a well full of water. So here's a question. Was that well always there? She just didn't see it? Or did God put it there and open her eyes to see it? I leaned towards it was always there. She just didn't see it. Why did she see it? Because her boy was dying. What's more important at that point? Let's put it down to our neighborhood. Let's get down to our houses, in our, in our bedrooms. When your child has been in the hospital for months, sick, your husband, your wife, All of a sudden, in your world, what's most critical is that person getting better, not praising Jesus. You get what I'm saying? 
Yeah, yeah, I just want them to just, I just want them to. I just want my son to, to get some water. And it's interesting because Jesus, the angel of God, showed up. Jesus pre-incarnate shows up and he asked her a question. Pay attention when Jesus asks questions because it's very, it's like, what? What's wrong, Hagar? What do you mean, what's wrong? <laughs> the boy is what's wrong. Yeah, right, right, right. My finances is what's wrong, right? That's what's wrong. What do you mean, what's wrong? And then he kicks into this, I'm going to make him a great nation. I'm going to, it's, it's, it's like he just bypasses everything and he calls out uh, the promises that he has for the boy and the mother because she walked uh, with him in the, in the, in the, in the, in the promise. But what he was trying to get her to do is, uh, hey, God, look at the well. And I'm not talking about the physical well anymore. Look at me. I'm the well of life. Look at me. I got the living water. Pay attention to me, and you're going to get from point A to point B. Don't focus so much on the waves and the, and the, and the wind that are buttering you, but more so focus on me. You focus on me, you're going to get there. The Bible says, uh, uh, when he came walking on water, Peter said, if it's you, command me to come out of the boat and come to you. Jesus said, come on. And he walks on the water towards Jesus. But the Bible says this was very clearly, uh, when he saw that the wind was boisterous, uh, he began to sink. When he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the circumstances, he began to go under. Was the well always there? It was always there. She just couldn't see it. My question to you is, can you see the well in your life? When your resources have been exhausted, can you see the one who provides? Can you see the resource giver, the one who owns it all? Can you see the water provider, the one who is called the living water? Can you see the life giver because without him there is no life? Can you see the one who's holding you on a rock that's floating in space? Ever thought about that? I'm on a rock that's floating in space and nothing is holding it. But I'm worried about my water bill. <laughs> I think I should be more worried about what if this rock just grows, you know? You know what I'm saying? Can you see the well in your life when your resources are gone? Hagar couldn't see the well that was right in front of her. Why? Her circumstances blinded her. God had to open her eyes to see. And many times God has to open our eyes so that we can see him. He has to illuminate. There it is. There's that word. He has to illuminate himself in our lives so that we can see that he's always been there. My second example 
Someone who didn't see God in the midst of his circumstances is Elisha's servant. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, the Bible tells us that there's an Aramean army has surrounded Elisha the prophet and his servant, his young servant. The servant goes out in the morning, and when he walks out in the morning, he sees the army, the enemy army has surrounded them. And he gets afraid, and he goes to the prophet of God, and he says, we are surrounded, and we are going to die. But Elisha the prophet says to him, there is more on our side than there is on their side. And I can just, I can just see this, this young guy, is like, uh, one, two. One, two, three, four, hundred thousand. Even in Spanish, uno, dos. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, once. That's about how it goes. But you know, you know. What do you mean there is more of us than they? And the Bible says, Elisha prays that God would open his eyes. The word there is God would illuminate his life so he could see clearly. He could see, but he couldn't see. He needed God to illuminate his life. And the idea is this. The idea is this. It's like you're standing in a room that's dark, and somebody comes and turns on the light, and the things that you thought you were saying were just not there. And that's what I'm talking about. God comes into your life, and the things you think you're seeing, he turns on the light, he illuminates your life, and you're like, oh, that's I thought that was going on. It wasn't even really that. Elisha prays that God would open his eyes, and God opens his eyes. He illuminates his life, uh, and he can see clearly. And the scripture says these words. Pay attention here. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. The Bible says... Uh, the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw. When he looked up, he saw. No, I didn't catch it, man. I didn't catch it. When he looked up to God, he saw. He's standing, looking at the army. And he says, there's more of them than us. Elisha prays. And when Elisha prays, the Bible says, God opens his eyes. But when God opens his eyes, he illuminates his life. Uh, the Bible says, uh, he looked up. And he saw. Sometimes, uh, all we need to do is just look up. And we'll see clearly. You need to get your attention on God. And you see What's really going on? In our nation, you just need to look up to God and you see exactly what's going on. And what did the servant see when he looked up? The Bible is very clear. The Bible says uh, he looked up and he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. What did he see? He saw heaven 
on earth. Because chariots of fire don't just ride around on earth. And if you've seen one, you need to get off the drugs. Okay? <laughs> he saw heaven on earth. He saw God in his situation. Can you see God in your situation? Look up and you see him because he's always there. Just like the signs that are showing you, the hidden signs that have always been there. He's there. Elisha said, there's more of us than they. Elisha understood this principle as I finish off. That God is always with me. God is always with me. So secondly, as I finish off my last point, Emmanuel, God with us. Back in our text, scripture tells us Jesus saw them struggling and he came towards them. Mark chapter 6 verse 48. He saw, Jesus saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them. So think about this. He saw that they were struggling, and what was his response? His response was, he drew nearer. His response was, he came closer. They were not coming close to him. He came close to them. Why did he come close to them? Why? Because they were struggling. They were straining. Because many times when we're struggling, when we're straining, uh, uh, like I said, uh, it's very difficult for us to draw close to God. We're trying to draw closer to overtime because the pay, the bills are piling up. We're trying to draw closer to, I got 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 to. The Bible says when you're there, when you're not seeking him because you're struggling, what's he doing? He's getting closer to you. He's closest to you there than at any time. In the midst of your storm, he's there. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, this is God speaking. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Why? Because I will be with you. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Why? Because I will be with you. The disciples failed to recognize Jesus in the midst of their circumstances. And just like Hagar and just like Elisha's servant, Jesus illuminated their lives so they could see him. So they could know he's always been there. Do you know Jesus was watching them even when he wasn't physically there? The Bible says he was on land and he saw them. The Bible says we are the apple of his eye. It's not like he's like, oh, oh Mike, oh, Mike, Mike. He always got you right there. He's always watching. And when you struggle, he comes closer. The disciples, he came closer. Listen to his words as I finish off. 
Listen to Jesus' words. Jesus, Mark chapter 6, verse 50. Jesus spoke to the disciples at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. In Greek, it reads this way. Jesus says, I'm here. He says, Jesus says, in Greek, the I am is here. The I am, like he said to Moses, is here. So the question that comes is, uh, where is here? Here is in the storm. And God is telling his disciples, uh, in, the midst, in the middle of your storm, I'm with you. I'm in there with you. When you're crying and you're broken and, and you're getting hammered, you're getting tossed left and right, Jesus said, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And believe it or not, we're actually really crying on Jesus, saying, where are you, Jesus? We're right there on his lap. Jesus, where are you? He's like, I'm right here. I'm holding you. You're not holding you. Because I'm, I'm the life giver. If he wasn't for me, you'd have bailed out a long time ago. You'd have pulled the plug and be like, I'm gone. I'm the reason you're still holding on to me is because I am holding on to you. Jesus said, I am. Jesus was sending a message to his disciples. And that message was this. He'll always be with them. In the highs and in the lows, he'll always be with them because that's who he is. Think about this for a moment as we finish off. To Abraham, Jesus said, I am with you. To Isaac, Jesus said, I am with you. Jesus was in the Old Testament. <laughs> to Jacob, Jesus said, I am with you. To Moses, Jesus said, I am with you. To Joshua, Jesus said, I am with you. To Gideon, he said, I am with you. To Jeremiah, he said, I'm with you. To David, he said, I'm with you. I took you, I, God, took you from the tending flocks and raised you up to become king. I've been with you the whole way. It's been me. To the disciples, he says, I am with you. I'll never forsake you. I won't leave you as orphans. I'm going to be there with you. And to you, he says, I'm with you. Praise God. To you, he says, I am with you. But I mean, this, this, this storm, this thing is, I can't see you clearly. I am with you. So how can we make a habit of seeing God in the midst of our most stressful situations? How can we make a habit of that? Where when you encounter storms, because storms come and storms go, how can you make a habit of seeing the sun? Because how many of you know, in the storm, the clouds might block the sun, but the sun is still there. Oh man, some of you missed that one right there. The dark clouds might block the sun, but the sun is still there. How can you make a habit of seeing the sun, S-O-N, in our storms. Where we can be like, 
Yeah, last time uh, uh, you came through, this time I know you're going to come through. It's simple. Simple in head knowledge. Harder to practice it, but remember who he is. And who is he? He's already told us who he is. He is Emmanuel, God with us. God with me. That means everywhere you go, he goes. If you go in the storm, he's there with you. If you're outside of the storm, he's there with you. David put it this way, yea, though I walk through the What's the next line? For? For he is with me. Psalms 23. I walk in this, the valley, right? Depression, you know. And the shadow, darkness, can't see the sun clearly. But you're with me in there. Emmanuel, God with me. Isaiah 41.10 and verse 13, my last text. Isaiah 41.10 and verse 13. God is speaking, says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Verse 13, for I hold you by your right hand. I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. Help you through what? Through life. Because God knows how we messed up life. Humanity. He knows it's messed up. That's why he warned us before we messed it up, but you know, that goes. So he knows. And so what he does is, from the very jump, read your Bible, from the very jump, they created a storm, and he came to cover them. They didn't find the covering themselves. The Bible says he came to Adam and Eve and he gave them clothing. He said, you're naked. Here. They didn't even ask for it. And then here's another. <laughs> this is good right here. When Eve gave birth to her boy, her first boy, what did she say? What was the words out of mouth? With the Lord's help, I have brought forth, huh? Oh, oh, man, I don't know if you'll get excited. With whose help? Adam's help? Whose help? Why? Because this is the first baby. I have no clue what to do here. Adam is just like, what's going on? What's going on? She says, with God's help, I deliver this baby. Practical stuff. I deliver this baby. Sometimes I just wonder if praying kind of Jesus just showed up. Right, come on, Eve. Push. Oh, come on. Push. You got this. Push. God is saying some of you are push. Push. Push through. Push through. And it comes to a point where you say, with the Lord's help, I brought forth. 
life. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Praise God. Let's bow our heads, eyes closed in the presence of God. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. What a privilege. What a privilege it is. Oh, we worship you. Heads bowed down, eyes closed in the presence of God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to your people once again. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're here today, and you're not saved. You're not a Christian. You don't know Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior. I'm speaking about how God is with us. He guides us. He helps us through life's circumstances. But you don't know this God that I'm speaking about. You, 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 you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And you say, I'd like to know Jesus. I want this God who you're speaking about uh, to come and walk with me in my life because I'm not walking with him. The Bible clearly says he wants to walk with everyone. He wants, he desires to save everyone. He desires that all may come unto repentance and that none should perish, but that all should have everlasting life. And you don't know Jesus and you're in this place and you say, I'd like to know Jesus. I want to know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Raise your hand, I can pray with you. You're not saved. You know you're not saved. God has been dealing with you for a long time. Huh? And you say, now is the time. The Bible says, now is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. You say, I want to get right. Raise your hand. I can pray with you this evening. Not saved and you want to get saved. Maybe you're backsliding. Maybe you once walked with God. You once were involved in the things of God, but you, but you, but you, 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 you left all that and went back like the prodigal child. You went back to the world, started doing things that are against God. Maybe, maybe you ran into a storm. You ran into Goliath and, and, and it, you, know, you were defeated there. And it pushed you to the place where you, 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 you abandoned God. But I want to tell you, God didn't abandon you. He's married to the backslider. He's still chasing you down. That's why you're in this place and he's still speaking to you. He's still calling you back to himself. You're backslidden and you say, I want to get things right with Jesus. Raise a hand tonight and I can pray with you. Not saved, backslidden. I spoke about God being with each one of us. Holding us. As we go through this life, this fallen world, but many times we as believers can, me included, we can, you know, just can shut down on God sometimes when, you know, just, just it gets too much. You know, the bullets are coming from every angle and you can just like, you know, just forget God. I'm just going to do my thing. And you shut down on God. I want to tell you, don't do that. Give God that space to work. Give God that space to move. In our text, Jesus had to walk towards the boat. They had to allow him to walk towards the boat. 
When they saw him as a, as a ghost, they had to allow him the space to get to them so they could see him as Jesus. Allow him to get close to you because there's victory on the other side. Because with him, there's always victory. He's never taken an L. He's won everything. But we have to allow him to work in our circumstances, into our situation, and not pull the plug. The altars are open. You can't spend time with God. Speak with Jesus. God loves you and I so much. He wants to be in every part of our lives. Every single part of our lives. And God spoke to you. You can't speak to him on the altar. Talk to him about some things that, 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 that have been troubling your soul. Troubling your spirit. Maybe you shut down on him. I want to tell you. Open up. Open up. I sing that song as we spend time with God in the altar.